Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Uh, hey, we are excited. We're going to start a brand new collection today, Hard Launch, and we're going to talk dating. We're going to talk marriage. We might come back uh, to some dating and single life and just different, different things there. So, but today, I want to talk about, we're going to kick things off today and talk about dating and talk about this interesting season of life, this concept of, of dating. And, uh, you know, singleness is one gear shift of life. Uh, you know, childhood is, is a gear shift, right? And then junior high, which is just awkward for most of us, right? You couldn't pay me to go back to junior high, right? You have high school, you have college, you have the season sometimes of singleness and dating. A lot of us are, you know, get married, right? And so you've got that season and that whole dynamic. And so you have this whole, like, umbrella of human experience that is just really wild. And in each season, you're trying to navigate the rules that dominate each season, right? Spring is a different season than summer, which is a different season than fall. And there's different rules that kind of apply to each season, right, to get the most out of that season. You don't want to plant in winter, right, because everything will die, right? There are certain seasons you want to do certain things in seasons and not others. And then if you do, you apply wisdom to all this. Like, man, typically there's a lot more uh, fruit and joy and just value given to your life. So God's word, surprisingly, has a lot of wisdom to offer us in different seasons of our life. Now, next week, you're going to hear from one of our own, Katya, and she's going to be talking about, you know, how a wife can really minister to her husband. And then the week after that, I'm going to be talking about how a husband can really minister to their wife. And so it's a different season, different dynamic. What do we do? And I will say this, that every season along the journey of human experience, and here's kind of my disclaimer for today, is right now, this message is really for people that know Jesus and they believe in Jesus. Now, our church, we have a lot of people that are coming and checking out Christianity and they're coming and checking out to see what it's all about. We welcome you. I love that you're here. I want you to be here. I'm going to say some things today that probably won't make sense to you and that's okay. And if I do, take me out for coffee and let's ask questions and we'll talk more. But today is one of these things that when you know and you believe that Jesus is who he said he is, and you've given your life and your heart to Jesus, and, the, and you have this little dynamic going on in your heart where it's like, Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. Anybody ever heard that say, maybe some old school saints ever say that to you? Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. Okay, well, what, what does that mean? When we talk about Jesus being our Savior and our Lord, he's kind of like our Lord is someone we look up to, but he's also someone we follow. He's someone we follow, and so we're kind of doing what he's said to do or doing our best to try to follow him. And so those of you that are Christians and you're like, hey, I, I am born again, I'm following God, this is really kind of more in our wheelhouse. If you're here and you're like, hey, I'm checking Christianity out, I'm checking the church out, I have questions, and some things I say and you're like, hey, I don't get it, let's go out for coffee and, and we can talk later, okay? My heart is not to offend anybody today, but there are certain things that apply to the life of the believer and all aspects of our life, right, we're trying to follow God. And dating is definitely one of those areas. So if I had to say it like this, and this might be my first strange statement today, but this is a real statement for those of us that are following Christ. I am not dating for my glory. I am dating for his glory. Let that just sink in for one moment. I'm not dating 
for my glory. I am dating for his glory. Because all aspects of my life as a believer and a follower of Jesus ultimately are for his glory. I'm called to do every ounce of my life for his glory. I am not to live for myself. I am to live for him in every aspect of my life. 1 Corinthians 6 says, don't you know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? So you give your life to Christ, God gives you his spirit. The Holy Spirit moves in, right? So this physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Who's in you, whom you receive from God. You are not your own, all right? If you're a believer today, the Bible says you are not your own, that you are God's. You, you belong to God. You were bought at a price. What was that price? Jesus on the cross. That was the great price for you. Therefore, honor God with your body. So we're not our own. We're called to live for Christ. We understand God is my Savior. He's my Lord. He owns my life. I am to love him. Here's the thing. The greatest thing I can ever teach you in this church is to love God. It is the greatest commandment. Jesus said the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The greatest thing you will ever learn in this life is to love God well. How do I learn to love God well? It's the greatest commandment. There was a famous atheist recently, and he was debating a person that believes in God. And he says, he goes, listen, an atheist can do anything a Christian can do. They can love on other people. They can have a great marriage. They can have great kids. They can raise great kids. They can make great money. You know, they, they can have a, a positive impact. He goes, name me one thing, right, that a Christian could do that an atheist couldn't do. We can do anything you can do. I don't need faith. And they responded. They said, you can't do the greatest thing. Love God. You can't do the greatest thing. Love God. Then Jesus said, he goes, now there's a second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. We live in a generation, we love that second commandment. We're really into, let's get really good at loving other people the way we love ourselves. That is exciting. I love that we love that second commandment. I am concerned we don't love the first commandment as much as we should. The first commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second, love your neighbor. And I love that this generation loves our neighbors, and we're getting better and better and better at it, and that's exciting. I want us to get better as well at the first commandment, loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus said this wild thing in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. I can't just say I love God with my mouth. I have to love God with my mouth and my heart and my actions. Everything has to be congruent for me to genuinely love God. Right? I can't say I love my wife and take somebody else out on Friday night. There's a discrepancy between my words and my actions. Right? So for us as people that are trying to follow Christ, we recognize the sincerity of faith 
I'm trying to be consistent in my faith and my actions and my words and my worship, right? And here's the thing. Everyone struggles along this path. Everyone struggles along this path. I have never met a believer that has perfectly followed Jesus after getting saved. Never. I've never met a believer that hasn't sinned after they got saved. Everyone stumbles on this path. So this is not a condemning message at all, okay? But I also don't want to change the path. Just because I struggle on the journey, I don't want to change the journey. If Orlando's the destination and I'm jogging there and I trip and I fall along the journey, I don't want to turn around and run back to Miami. The journey is still the journey. I'm still called as a believer to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the Bible tells us how to love God and how to love him well and how to give him glory. But I don't want to change, I don't want to change the journey, right? I'll struggle on that journey, but I, I don't want to change. I would be a terrible pastor if I said, throw out everything in this book that you don't like and do whatever you want. I would be terrible. I'd be terrible if I did that. I can't change the journey, but I can help you love him better and love him, love him more faithfully and learn how to love him well. After 20 years of following Christ, I'm getting better and better and better at loving him well and learning how to love, love my neighbor. All aspects are for his glory. Pastor Matt, what the heck does that have to do with dating? Honestly, everything. Everything. Are we dating for our glory or are we dating for his glory? As a believer, you are called to give him glory. And when you're dating for us, I'm going to define it right now. Dating for the believer is this right here. It is a time of discovering, can I link my life with this person and both of us give him glory? That's it. Dating for us is discovering, can our lives together give him glory because my life is called to give him glory. What are you called to do? You're called to give him glory. You're discovering, can the two of us together give him glory? God will never give you a relationship that takes you away from your greatest relationship. If you are in a relationship with Jesus, he is the greatest relationship you have in your life. Your spouse is your second, right? You have two covenants in life, your covenant with God and then your covenant with your spouse. God is a covenant God. He's not going to give you somebody that takes you away from your greatest relationship in life. And so you're like, I'm called to give you glory. Dating for us is a time of discovering. Can the two of us come together and give him glory together? And guess what? When you're married, you never stop doing that. We're living our lives in such a way that we're giving him glory together. So dating for us is a time of discovering, can we give him glory together? A lot of us get into dating because we're lonely, and that's okay. We all feel lonely. There's nothing wrong with feeling lonely. It's, I, I want to get rid of this need that I feel. Okay, that's okay. It's a reason, but it's not the reason a Christian should do it. Can I define this for us, okay? Uh, a lot of us get in there because we're like, yo, they're just hot, you know? <laughs> like, they got a six-pack, you know? Like, oh, that's great. It's a good reason, you know? Marry, fine, okay? But you got to live with friendly, okay? I always say marry, fine, and friendly, okay? You need them both. Get attracted to fine, but you got to live with friendly, okay? Like, whether they're friendly or not. It's a good reason, but it's, it's not quite the reason for a believer. We are discovering, can we give him glory together. Okay, can we give him glory together? Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 7. He goes, sometimes I wish everyone were single like me. 
a simpler life in many ways, but celibacy is not for everyone more than marriage is. God gives the gift of the single life to some. He gives the gift of married life to others. Most Christians will get married. Some, okay, have truly a grace for singleness and a calling for singleness. If you're in here today and you're like, oh God, please do not let that be me, okay, chances are you don't have that grace, okay? It's okay. Just Wipe your brow, you're okay, you're probably going to get married one day, it's okay, right? But there are some people genuinely that have that grace, okay? And it's just on their life, and they're totally happy, they're great, they actually have a grace. What is grace? It's God's empowerment to do His will. They just feel awesome about it, okay? So some people have that. Most do not. Most seem to be called, you know, to marriage, and that's okay, it's great, it's God's calling. So if you have that grace, awesome, most people do not. Most people will get married, so that means most Christians are going to go through this thing called dating where I'm discovering, can we give God glory together? Can our relationship together add value to our greatest relationship, Christ? If that gets out of order for the believer, a lot of things usually don't go well. So that's why I did this massive long intro defining order and purpose, because if you get that out of order, usually it doesn't go well, right? And so if my goal is to give glory to Christ, dating is a time of discovering, can we give glory to Christ together? The purpose is to come together to follow and to live for and to give glory to Christ. A lot of things are in order there. Does that make sense? Some guidelines now that I think will serve you well in this time of discovering. Second Corinthians chapter six, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That term yoked there is oxen. I think we have a picture there of oxen and the, the yoke. So that is what a yoke is, that wooden thing in between the two oxen, okay? Listen, if you don't, not a believer today, God loves you either way, okay? But if you're a believer, all right, God is like, listen, life is hard. Life is hard. Plowing the field of life is hard. And on this journey of life, you're going to pray, you're going to fast, you're going to believe, you're going to work, you're going to hustle. It's hard. It's not easy. Don't link your life with someone that you have to drag along while you're working so hard to plow the fields of life. One of my greatest things about my marriage, my wife and I can pray together, we can cry together, we can believe God together. It does not make raising a church and raising four kids easy, but thank God we're equally yoked in purpose and faith and passion. How hard would it be to try to do life successfully and drag someone else along that really doesn't want to go where you're going? And so, like, it's so hard, God is saying, kids, it's crushing. It is crushing to try to win in life and drag someone that doesn't want to go where you're going. It is crushing. One of the first questions Alyssa and I talked about when we were dating, and we met married within nine months. We were speed daters, man. And no kids were on the way. People were like, you get a break? No, you're like, no. And I was like, I'm from the country. You only got married if you got them pregnant. You know what I'm saying? But no, we, we really, really didn't. Most of our relationship was long distance, but within, very quickly, we started talking. One of the first questions I had for her was, you know, I feel called to ministry. Are you okay with that? And that was an important question for me, because if she was like, I actually hate pastors, (laughs) 
And I don't want to be in ministry. That would have been a long, hard road, right? It would have been a long, hard road. And I was like, I don't know. If that, and that was kind of a deal breaker for me because if my wife didn't want to be in ministry, that, I don't think I probably worked out. You know, and I wanted kids, you know. Some people want kids, some don't. But, you know, talk about some of these deal breaker things. Everybody has a hill they want to die on. And that's okay. It doesn't even mean that it's right or wrong, but there are some things that you will hold very, very important. And a lot of things, you know, we're like, hey, whatever, it doesn't matter, okay? Um, you know, I wanted to move to L.A. after I graduated. She wanted to finish school in Oklahoma. Never wanted to move to Oklahoma a day in my life. <laughs> Never. But I did because I could trade that one. But there was a couple things I couldn't trade. I'm not saying you got to bring up kids on the first date. That's a little weird, okay? You, you know that. You're adults. But some of those big-ticket items, you know, I have a phrase, do all your fighting up front. A lot harder to do your fighting later on. If you have a couple of hills that are like, I just don't know if I can bend on this one. This is my unequally yoked thing. Talk about it first. You know, not first date, but eventually, right? Like, like have those mature conversations, okay? And so I knew that if those hills were covered, it was safe to go on. What am I doing? It's a time of discovering, can we give glory to God together? Why would God give me somebody, take me away from the calling of my life? God will give you someone that will help you fulfill your destiny, not derail your destiny. Number two, ask great questions in this time of discovery. Ask good questions of yourself. Why did I get in here? Why did I start this thing? doesn't mean you're wrong. Just ask a good question. Sometimes we get in relationships because we're like, well, they'll complete me. It's just not true. And I'm sorry to crush that dream, okay, but it's just not true. Now, in some ways, my wife really does complete me. She's like a better version in, in so many ways, and she helps me and obviously all these things. Actually, one of my greatest fears, I think, in ministry is that people will see me and they correlate me to Christ. And it's probably one of my greatest fears in ministry and church is that people will look at our church and they're like, oh, that's what Jesus is like. And while we're trying so hard to give him glory and live for him, I gotta be honest, guys, I am a imperfect person and it gets worse. I'm growing every month, every year. I'm constantly reading, I'm getting better, I'm growing. So that means I am an incomplete version of an imperfect person. He is perfect. He is perfect in every way. God does not need to read a self-help book to get better. Jesus is perfect. His personality is perfect. His communication, perfect. He is perfect. So maybe if I can do anything in church, it's don't look at anybody here. Look at him. You know, don't look at me. Read what he said in the book of John. Just who is he? That's my message. Don't look at us. Look at him. He is perfect. He is perfect. So sometimes we start relationships we're like, well, they'll fix me. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. Relationships don't solve problems. They multiply problems. Because now you bring your brokenness and they bring their brokenness and that was just more brokenness. And one thing I've learned, right, in relationships is, like, I don't have the power to fix anybody. I don't have the power to change anybody. I can barely change myself. You said you were going to eat salads in January. You just went home and ate a whole box of cookies. <laughs> it is so hard to change yourself. We have no power to change anybody else, right? It's so, I'm just like, God, I can barely change myself, right? So it's like, ask good questions. Ask them good questions. Don't interrogate but in a season of discovery, ask good questions. Unplug the Wi-Fi on them and see what they do. 
You know, I just get around different situations and just see good advice. You know, it's funny. We met and married within nine months, which is a little fast. But, you know, I guess it worked 18 years later. Here we are. So I, I recommend date somebody for four seasons, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter. Get to know them a little bit. Ask good questions. See them in different experiences. Just give it some wisdom. I don't think people should really date three, four years plus, but I think you should date at least a year. You know, that's not Bible. That's not God. It's just my opinion. Give yourself enough time to ask good questions. See them. See their character, right? Uh, again, fine is attractive, but you got to live with friendly. But you just, it's, it just is what it is. Number three, godly counsel. The Bible says in Psalms 37, godly offer good counsel. Uh, they teach right from wrong. They've made God's law their own, so they never slip from his path. Uh, I like this one too, Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there's no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Dating should not really just be the super private thing we never talk about. It should be a public thing. So like, what do your friends and family say, right? Like the people that are already around you, the community that's already around you that love you and care for you, what do they think? What do they say? Have you talked to them? Have you gotten their opinion, right? You know, I remember coming home really fast and I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. You know, and then my parents like, whoa, okay, you know, and then they started meeting her and they're like, dude, just don't screw this up. Like, she's better than you in pretty much every way, so just don't mess it up, you know. So, but it's like I get godly feedback and godly counsel. Anyone can get infatuated for a season, right? And that's okay. That's kind of how love and attraction works, but you definitely want other people's opinions to see reality, okay? And feelings, I think sometimes the hardest thing, guys, is like keeping our emotions. And again, I'm talking to people that are following Christ right now. So this, this may not make sense at all to you, and that's okay, we'll go out for coffee. I think sometimes for us as believers, the hardest thing to do is keep our emotions behind the will of God. And, and emotions have this tendency to run so far ahead of God's will. You know, and so you meet someone and you're like, ooh, they're sweet and I love them. And, you know, and you just made eye contact and, you know, you haven't prayed 30 seconds about this relationship and you just done walked yourself down the aisle in your mind. You named two kids, you know, like <laughs> you, have, you have no idea what God's will is and, and you've already emotionally connected, right? And sometimes we're funny like that as human beings, but it's like, what does God say? If he is the greatest relationship in my life, did he say anything about this, right? Has he talked into this process? And so just godly counsel, that, that helps you understand feedback, I think. This kind of leads into the next one, number four, though. God's leading Romans 8, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God. Again, emotions are real. They're part of the human experience. I'm not trying to down emotions, but just because you have a feeling, and again, it doesn't mean it's inherently wrong, but it's also not inherently right. Emotions are not inherently wrong, but they're also not inherently right. And so emotions are good reflectors sometimes, but sometimes they're really bad guiders. And as God's kids, I'm not to be led by emotions. I'm to be led by his spirit. And so just this idea of, Lord, is there this leading of you in my life that you're in this thing and together we can give you glory, right? And so I kind of want that sense. I want godly counsel and I, I want some sense of, man, is God in this and right? Like what is God saying and how is he defining this this in my life. Number five, and I'll wind down with this. This is a big one for me, guys. Is there a good sense of peace? One of the most beautiful things about the wedding yesterday is there's just so much peace. You know, the two, two lives newly dedicated to the Lord, uh, loving and caring, and, and I did their counseling, and so I just had a chance to kind of 
It's, there's just a lot of peace. There's a lot of rest. There's a lot of comfort here. Uh, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And so if the kingdom of God is present in my marriage and it's present in my relationship, there's righteousness, peace, and joy because that's the kingdom of God. If the kingdom of God is established in this dating relationship, there's righteousness, peace, and joy. There's just a good sense of, of peace that kind of permeates this relationship. I preached a message once, and it's, it's really good. Maybe some of you have heard it. It's probably been a couple years ago now, but I, I preached a message on Jonah from the perspective of the sailors. And the sailors experienced a storm that was never meant for them because they let the wrong person into their boat. And now a storm showed up because of Jonah, and they had to experience it because they let the wrong person in their boat. Sometimes we let the wrong person in our boat, and we go through a wild storm that God never intended for us to have. And the only way to get rid of the storm, they had to kick Jonah out, and then the storm stopped. And so sometimes you got to love people from a distance. I will pray for you, but you got to walk the plank. you got to get off off the boat, my life will go back to peace, right? And then I'll love you and forgive you, and we can have a, you know, a, a distance here. But, but in my boat, there, there's got to be a sense of peace. And so, man, I have learned God will lead and guide and talk through peace so many times. And it's like, God, if I just do not have peace, right, I want to bring myself back to, to peace, you know? And all the great things in my life I've never had to try for. I've really never had to try like super hard for. They just kind of seem to work as the Holy Spirit's working in my life. And so I'm like, okay, God, like I'm open. I'll I'll hustle. I'll work hard. But there's just this great sense of peace. And so I'm looking for that in relationships. If if somebody's together for two years and there's like, it's just crazier and crazier and crazier. I'm not saying God can't intervene, but I don't know. Let it, let it talk to you. Maybe I don't, maybe that helps you. Maybe it doesn't, but just let that try to talk to you. What's going on on the inside of you, you know, in, in this, in this time, it's a time of discovering, right? It's a time of discovering, okay? I'm really excited for next week. We will be here. We're coming back. Katya is going to bring this incredible teaching, uh, and then I'm coming back, and we might even come back on on this one. I know it's a little heavier, but I'm trying to give you wisdom, because at the end of the day, and and I I know there's some correction and some wisdom to this message, I want to see it go so well for you. I want all your human relationships to be so vibrant and so full of God and so full of peace. I do care about you. I want it to go so well for you, okay? And if you're married in here today and you're like, oh, God, it's stormy, it's too late for you, let's get you some counseling, okay? We're going to work on it, all right? But, but if you're dating, you know, maybe let it talk to you and let's sail the calmer waters, okay? So, but like, but like, no, I care for you. I want you to have great human relationships. I really do, okay? Let me pray for you real quick. Lord, we love you. Thank you for today's teaching. Thank you for your word. Lord, your word even says that you correct those you love. It's because you love us that you correct us and you work on us and you give us wisdom because ultimately in the end, you, you actually want it to go well for us. You don't want us to have a, a, a relational disaster. And so, God, I pray today that you would heal us. I think most of us have had relational car crashes. I, I think we've had uh, these relational pains and these hurts. Lord, we're all broken. We are all incomplete versions of imperfect people. And so, Lord, you are the healer. We need you. You are the greatest relationship in our life. You are the only one that can bring us joy. You are the only one that can bring us peace. You're the only one that can truly heal us and make us whole. And then, God, when you connect us to somebody else, then we have something to give, right? We have something to pour out. So, Father, I pray for your spirit today to be poured out to heal hurts. 
God, I pray that you would give us great wisdom. God, that you would help us to follow you in every area of our life. And God, that those that are called to this gift of marriage, Lord, would you lead them to it in your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.